Let's just keep your heads bowed. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, this morning because you are the true God that we serve. You are the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You, Father, know all things about us. You know everything about our life. You know where we are at. And you brought us to this place this morning, Father. Pray for your Holy Spirit that you would move in every heart, every head, every person this morning, Lord God. Where would we be without you? Where would we be without your mercy, your forgiveness and your grace? We are so in love with you and we desire you to be glorified this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All the messages we preach and all the, the, the sermons you hear... Uh, can't speak any louder than the Holy Spirit when it ministers through words, through song, through love, through grace. And that's the most powerful thing when the Lord speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Not man, not people, but God himself knocking at the heart of men and women and, and, and children and calling everybody to him because of his power. We don't get to choose God, God chose us. So you, everyone in this room sitting today, you're sitting here because God chose your seat for you this morning. God chose it for you. That place where you're sitting, God had prepared it for you to sit down so that you can hear his word, his truth. I know you woke up this morning and you said, that, you know, I'm going to go to church. It doesn't work like that, not in the spiritual realm, not in the, before a sovereign God, the God is all-powerful. He brought you here. He's, he's made this day, this hour for you that you may hear his word. And if you come by faith, believing in your heart, God will not disappoint you. He will give you what is necessary for your life and godliness. He will give you what you need in order for you to live a life that is godly, holy, and a life into eternity with him. Not many people desire that. Not many people want that. And the very few who choose it and, and, and receive it from the Lord are the very uh, uh, faithful, are, are, the, are the privileged, are the ones that the Bible calls my little flock, the remnant, the few. While everyone's going a wide road to destruction, the few go to the straight and narrow, the, the hard way to get there, you know, the, the one that basically you can't find unless the Spirit of God is opening your eyes to it. And the Bible says that many, many strive to get in, but they don't get in. They can't. For some reason, they don't have what is required, faith. And the Bible says there's many unreasonable men and many men without faith, many women without faith. But if you have faith this morning, God is pleased, the Bible says. Because faith moves the hand of God and faith brings people in the presence of the Holy One. And faith causes man and woman, children and all people to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord God, here I am. This is a wonderful thing. This is an awesome thing. Absolutely amazing. Those of you here for the first time, welcome. Uh, we're doing a study on the Lord's Prayer, the, the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples while he was here on earth. And we've been going through um, parts of it. We're going, finishing off the first verse um, of the Lord's Prayer, the, uh, when he taught him, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We want to look this morning at holy is your name, hallowed be your name. And we want to just focus on that this morning. 
So if you're here for the first time and you've missed out on the, the, the start of the study, that's all right because God's going to speak regardless. You know, whatever you hear this morning and whatever uh, speaks to your heart, that's what you take from God. If I speak a hundred words and you take one of those words, that's what God wants you to hear. But what's important is that you respond to what God wants. You respond to his word. That's the most important thing. You don't need to be an intellectual. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be intelligent. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm none of those things, you know. But all you need is a heart that desires and seeks God. And God will speak to you this morning. Hallowed be your name. That's what Jesus taught his disciples. That when you pray, you pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, holy be your name. That's extraordinary because that is the basis of human existence, believe it or not. You've got to be in some kind of acknowledgement or some kind of place in that prayer zone that you're in that there's a Father. That's one. And this Father that you have is not your earthly Father. It's a heavenly Father beyond anything in this world and he's 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 above and greater than anything on this planet our father who art in heaven and this is what i want to share with you this morning holy be your name how extraordinary that god would take the light that i would desire for him to be blessed and to be consecrated and i'd say to a living god Hallowed be your name. Let your name be holy. Your name is sanctified. Your name is separated. That's extraordinary. That Jesus wants his disciples to basically consecrate their God. Set him apart. But not just him, his name. His name is holy. And when I'm praying to the Lord... When I have those three elements, he's my father, he's in the heavens, and his name is holy, I then commence my words. Because I know when I finish praying, I'm going to say something very significant. And I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus taught us to pray, when you ask, ask in my name. I begin my prayer knowing that everything I'm about to utter and speak is all going to be encompassed in this holy name. And this is how he wants us to pray. Holy be your name. Jesus says this. John 14, verse 13 to 14. I've got a lot of verses, so if you want to turn... You can turn, but John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14. Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The words of Jesus Christ. Whatsoever you ask... In my name, that very thing you ask, in my name, I shall do it. That's what Jesus says. In fact, I thought, well, I was, I thought there was only like once he said that. It's extraordinary. He says this more than once in the Gospels. Listen to this. In John chapter 15, 16, you have not chosen me. 
I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Extraordinary. Just a bit of a side note, just in case I've got some theologians here this morning. People who like to kind of discover a little bit of the mysteries in the Bible. You would notice in those words, Jesus speaking, he's God. And this is the debate between people, like is Jesus God, is not, he's not God. But just those simple, did, you know, did you notice that in those simple words? In the first verse that we read, he says, who will do it? Who? I will, he says. I will do it. Ask in my name and it will be done. The second one, he says, who will do it? The Father. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Ask in my name. And so Jesus came in the form of man to draw us like men in how we ought to live and what we ought to do in order for God to reveal himself to us. Listen to this. See, the thing is, when Jesus, when God says, when Jesus said, uh, holy is your name, the word holy is, is a word that basically means sanctified. The word holy is a, is a name that basically means to separate. So when we call upon the name of the Lord and we know that the name of the Lord is holy, it's holy, what he's basically saying is that there's no other name under heaven like it. You know, like, like there is no other name in all the world that ever, ever has existed that is like God's name. When I pray, I don't pray to a man, I pray to a name like no other name. Now, the Jews knew this really, really well. The Jews understood that there is no other name like the name of God. They, they, they were, they were in, in, in pure worship of that name. So much so that every time they um, uh, were writing the Hebrew text of the Old Testament, when they came to the name of God... They would dispose of the feather quill. So they would write the name God, in the Hebrew text Yahweh or Jehovah, and as soon as they'd finished that, they'd throw the feather quill because that name had to be holy and pure. In the, in the Old Testament, only the Levites were required to speak the name of God. They were the only one, and only then, once a year, they were permitted to to speak the name Yahweh. In fact, the word Yahweh is interesting because the word Yahweh is only our own kind of uh, understanding because the, the name God in the Hebrew text can't even be pronounced. It can't even be spoken because there are no vowels in those letters. And so Yahweh is actually Y-H-W-H, and we've just kind of got, you know, we've got a, 
how do we say this word? We can't even utter God's name. So we say Yahweh. We've, we've allowed uh, vowels in the English, from the English language. Yahweh. Because the name of God is holy. There is no other name like it. And what's extraordinary, come the New Testament, come Jesus, and the heart of Christ desires you to call upon the name. While men were forbidden, or shh, it's too holy, Christ says, call upon the name of the Lord. Now you can call upon the name of the Lord. And now you can call upon his holy name. And now is the day of salvation. And now you can come. And while you were forbidden in the days before Christ, now that you can, we don't. We don't. But it's extraordinary. There is no other name. Why? There's no other name. Because listen to this, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Why is it holy? Because there is no other name that you can find salvation. There is no one else whose name you can call upon and be delivered. There is no other name whose name you can call upon and be healed. There is no other name. Not the name of your dad, not the name of your mom, not the name of your doctor, not the name of... There is no other name under heaven that is given to people whereby they must be saved. It's not in Muhammad, it's not in Buddha, it's not in any other religion other than the name of Jesus whereby you must be saved. That is why his name is holy. You can't equate it, you can't place it on the same level of any other person. Sure, there's people you can run to for help, you can run to to people for counselling, but the salvation that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and His name is far more powerful than any other name. At the name of Jesus, the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Imagine if Christians was to hold the name of Christ and, and, and speak the name of Jesus with faith, the power that is bestowed upon those who call upon the name. What once was forbidden to speak becomes something that you're free to say. In fact, it's commanded because this is how God is glorified. When you speak that holy name, God is glorified. He wants you to ask in his name because in asking him, the Father demonstrates himself because you've asked through the name of the Son. The Father says, yes, because you asked through his name, I respond because he's my son and you've believed in him. Now you can't do that with any other name. That's why his name is holy. You can't say, God, because of my, my own son. Why? But if I say, because of Jesus, Father, Father, because of Jesus, he looks and says, yeah, my son, whom I'm well pleased. He he, he obeyed me completely, sacrificed himself on the cross so he can fulfill my will. And I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how lousy and how messed up you are. I don't care. If you believed in my son, then come. That's the gospel. 
If you've called upon the name of my son, and my son's love is so overwhelming that as soon as you say, Jay, <laughs> as soon as you, you start to utter his name, oh, he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. I'm there because you've called upon my son's name. This is the holy name of Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. I reckon when Jesus was talking to the disciples, I don't think they fully fathomed and understood what he was talking about. I don't think they they fully contemplated the power of his name. Because the reality is, what Jesus was doing, he was teaching his disciples, for when the day comes, and you need me because I'm gone, you're going to have to call upon my name. Let me share with you a passage. Listen to this in um, John chapter 16, if you want to turn to this. John chapter 16, verse 23 to 28. Here is one of the the discussions that Jesus at at times was trying to tell the disciples, look, I'm not going to be here long, I'm going to die. I'm going to die, I'm not here long. And this is one of those conversations that he was having with his disciples. Listen to this, what he says to them. In John chapter 16, verse 23. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. This is Jesus talking. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He goes, in that day, basically, when, when, when I die and I rise again and I have a new life, that day, you won't need to ask anything from me anymore. You, you'll ask the Father, and he will give it to you if you ask in my name. You don't ask me. That's what he's telling the disciples. Don't ask me. Ask the Father. Listen to this. Verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. See, until now, you haven't asked anything in my name because you can't ask in my name. I haven't died and resurrected yet. You've been asking the Father, God. But, but, as we keep reading in verse 24, verse 25, I have said these things to you In a figure of speech, the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. Verse 26, in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Awesome. (laughs) What's he saying? He goes, in that day you're going to ask... And what I'm saying to you is, I'm not going to go to the Father and ask for you. How good is that? I'm not going to go to the Father and ask for you. You're going to ask the Father, and the Father is going to give it to you because of me. Because you're asking my name. I don't need to go before the Father. Extraordinary, yeah? The name of Jesus. Because he fulfilled the righteous requirement to bring all people to the Father. He became that very bridge between you and the Father. 
And when that bridge was crossed over, you no longer need that bridge. You go straight to the Father because of Jesus. He brings you into a relationship with the Father that he had with his own son. That's the relationship you have with Jesus. It's extraordinary. It is absolutely, uh, you can't even fathom it. And yet, so freely given to the world, so lovingly given to the world, so gracefully given to the world, and the world rejected. Jesus Christ, an innocent man who did nothing but good, was crucified on the tree. A picture of humanity and the world who reject the goodness of God. When he did everything. That's why when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your name is separated far greater than any other name. When I call upon the name of the Lord, I will be saved. Nothing else can do this for me, Father. Nothing else can do this for me. You know, sometimes when we pray, I don't know, I think I shared this with you before about my name. My name's Harb. Harb. And I told you, I've told the difficulties I've had with my name growing up because people don't understand it. And sometimes I'm really challenged to remember people's names because of my name, yeah? Because I'm busy, focused on, oh, now I'm going to say my name, they're going to say what? So, so I'm challenged to remember their name. And sometimes I go through a whole conversation, a whole conversation, I can go for an hour, two hours, right? In my mind, during the conversation, I'm thinking, what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? You know, like, and, and we're talking, we're talking. Yeah, I'm pretty, you're laughing because you, I know you're all in the same boat, right? <laughs> you all think the same thing. But in my mind, I'm there having a conversation and, and, and I know they've said their name and I just can't remember it. And in the whole conversation, I'm thinking, what's their name? What's their name? By the end of the conversation, we're shaking hands, we're saying goodbye and saying, what was your name again, mate? Sometimes, sometimes we pray like that. We pray like that. We're praying, what's his name? Is his name above all names? Is it, what's, what's it, what, is it the holy name of God? And we go through prayer like that. And at the end of the prayer, what's his, what was your name again? And that name is the very name that seals the prayer. You understand? That name is the very name that confirms our faith. What, what, was, that, what was that name again? That's how Jesus wants us to pray. Let me share with you. There was a time, there was a time in um, Moses' life, a very dark, hard time, because it was required of him as a prophet of God, and any prophet of God or preacher of God or teacher of God, they, they have it rough and tough. You know, when you read through the prophets, it's not an easy road. They're beaten, bruised, they're they're scattered, they're they're, they're martyred. And anyone who wants to follow after the Lord, God makes it easy for them. He says, listen, you can't follow me. You can't follow me if, you know. Only because you've got to understand what the, (laughs) it's not an easy road. It's not because God wants to reject you, God wants to cast you out. It's just that God knows that for you to follow me, this is what it's got to be like. You know, you've got to carry a cross. Not, Not everybody wants to carry a cross. You've got to carry it daily. Sometimes I need a break. So prophets and preachers and teachers and those who call or decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, 
have signed up to have the devil on their back. And only the fit in faith persevere and endure and get there to the end. So Moses, he had a tough job. And what made it even tougher is that he was still wrestling out in his mind, who is this God? <laughs> like, who is this God? I was brought up under the Babylonian concepts of, of, of deities, you know? Who's this God who's calling me? And he, and he wrestled. He, he had a job to do, deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. At the same time, he was also wrestling his theology. And so he wants to know, who, who are you? Who, who, who shall I say sends, sent me? And God says to him, I am that I am. Now, I think I've shared this before, but again, he says to him, I am that I am. And that, that the actual translation, the, the depth of that meaning is, 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 I am being and becoming. He is all existing. And the beauty of that is that within those words is the prophecy of God himself coming to earth. I am becoming. That I am at work in the world and in the salvation of man and I am going to be fulfilling my image in your eyes, in your, in your face. My reality. And every step from, from Moses to the deliverance of the Israelites out of Egypt and everything from the Bible and all the prophets and every, every single action that took place was the becoming Christ who was to come to the earth and manifest the name of God. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, the forgiver of sins, the one who's come to take the sins of the world, the Lamb of God. This is what he says. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 2 to 3, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. As God, that's, that's, that, that word there, God Almighty, is the word Elohim. And I appeared to them as God Almighty, but, but by my name, the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh. By that name, Jehovah, Yahweh, I did not make myself fully known to them. Yahweh, the name of God. And from that day on, God was continuing to make his name fully known to the world and to the nations, prophet after prophet, till he came 2,000 years ago. And that name, Jesus started telling the world, is the name whereby you are to be saved. That name, Jesus started telling his disciples, is the name that you would call upon. That name is the name that when you need something of the Father, that you call upon the Father. That name. So look at the fervency, the zeal, the real, real heart behind Jesus. He is yearning, calling all those who come to him to call upon his name. Whatever you need, he says, it will be done because God wants to be glorified. When God does it, when God gives it, when God reveals it, you look and you say, well, <laughs> it worked. It worked. You know the value of the name? You know the value of the name? It's so valuable that it's embedded in the Ten Commandments. You shall not 
use the Lord's name in vain. That's the value of it. It's in the Ten Commandments. Don't use it in vain. Now the word don't use it in vain doesn't mean just blasphemy like you use it as a swear word. It basically means don't use it without purpose, without reverence, without use, you know, like flippantly or inappropriately or out of context. Like out of context. It doesn't belong in its right honour, but that's the name. It's like, it's like, um, it's like I give my wife a, a gold, a 12 carat ring, diamond ring. That's a lot, yeah? 24. 20, like it's, it's, it's like a, a million dollar ring, right? And we're, not, we're poor, you know, we don't have much money, but you know what? We've got a 24 carat gold, diamond, what is, yeah, ring, right? And I come home, I come home one day and I say, honey, I'm home. And she says, oh, honey, I fixed... I fixed a tap leak. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. She goes, yeah. I go, what was the problem with it? She goes, oh, we just needed the washer. I go, awesome. What did you use? The 24 gold diamond carat ring for the washer. What would you, what would I say? Fantastic, honey. Awesome. How would I respond? How, how would I be? How, how would I? Be, I'd be going, what? What? What are you thinking? How? How? I'd like, you know, the Bible says about anyone who uses the the God's name in vain. It is beyond anything that the person who uses it cannot be found guiltless. There is no, absolutely no excuse, no reason whatsoever when you use God's name without purpose. You're accountable to that. Just like, I don't understand how you use that ring. It doesn't make sense to me. This is when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, let your name be holy. Let it be separated because that name is what saved me. That name is what delivered me. And that name is what's going to carry me into eternity. When I need something, I ask. And that name is the very name that brings the Father's hand to move in my life. That name. And the most important thing, whether you understood the prayer or not the prayer, and you weren't here last two weeks, whatever, the most important thing is this. If you want to be saved, if you want to be delivered, call upon the name of the Lord and the promise is, you shall be saved. And so what that requires isn't anything brilliant on your end other than faith. You've got to just believe. That's all. You just believe. And this act of faith, this act of belief, moves the hand of God. And you can't do any other thing than be moved by God. And God will have you live the life of Jesus. He will move you the way he was led his son. He will lead you. Do you want? Are you willing? They call upon the name of the Lord. Now, this isn't for everybody, but it is for the hungry. It is for the thirsty. It's yours. Those who desire salvation, those who desire a new life, come, call upon the name of the Lord that is holy. He promises you and he will glorify himself in you, through you, because of that name. Let's bow our heads in prayer.
Well, you have your heads bowed. Again, it's, if the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you, knocking at the door of your heart, respond. Get your life right, maybe. I don't know. Get your life right with God. Whatever issue, whatever problem, whatever situation you're in, just sit it before the Lord. Give it to Him. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. You've got a broken marriage? You've got a broken marriage? Call upon the name of the Lord. You're suffering depression? You're anxious? Call upon the name of the Lord. Are you broken, beaten, wounded? Are you in addiction? Call upon the name of the Lord, the holy name of the Lord. You want deliverance? Call upon the name of the Lord. Call, cry out on the name of Jesus. I believe in my God. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he's able to do all things. You call upon the name of the Lord. God knows where your heart is and he knows where your confession is. And you can trust him that he is not going to reject you or cast you away from him. If you desire to want him, seek after him, he's faithful. He'll prove himself strong to you. If you come before him and you confess your sin, Lord God, Father, forgive me. I've done my own thing. I'm separated from you. Forgive me, cleanse me. Wash me clean. I want to start again. If you believe this in your heart, he will do that for you. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord God, for everyone in this room. I pray, Father, that you would make yourself known to them in such a way that they would know you are God, Father. That they may glorify you through the request, through their prayer and the fulfillment of your promise in their life, Lord God, I pray. Guard them, protect them from the enemy, shield them with your love, Lord God. Cast the devil away from them in Jesus' name. Give them freedom to serve and walk after you, we pray. We give you thanks and glory, Father, for this day and on. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.